The title of my message this morning is Run, Save the Child. Save the Child. And we're in a passage of scripture that we've been in before, but we're going to look at it in a little bit different way. And I want to just make, a, 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 by, by way of introduction, I want to say a couple things. And all these things go along with a Father's Day message. You know, on Father's Day, I usually try to challenge the dads. And I always, and, and on Mother's Day, challenge the mothers. But really, my messages uh, on both of those days are to parents. And that's the same as it is today. I, I speak to dads today. I speak to moms today. I, I also speak to husbands today. I speak to wives today. I speak to grandparents today. Uh, because I, I'm going I'm to tell you a little story. We read just a part of it, uh, but th- this little story has some wonderful truths in it that speak to mothers and fathers and spouses and to grandparents. And then we're going to come to the heroine of the story, and she's the one I want to hold up. She's the one I want to hold up as an example. She's the one I want to hold up as an example to every dad, an example to every mother, an example to every grandfather, an example to every grandmother, an example to every adult uh, that has an influence on a child. I want to hold her up, and I want to challenge you this morning uh, to, to, uh, to run, save the child. Uh, we, we, we see in this story that's contained in, these, in, in, the, in the 22nd, 23rd, 24th chapter of Second Chronicles, uh, first of all, the story of a set of good parents that made a bad choice. You see, part of this, this story starts out with a king called Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. The Bible says that he was a good king. That he walked in the first ways of his father David. Now he wasn't, he wasn't David's son. He was a descendant of David. But all the kings that came in, 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 the, in, 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 in Judah uh, looked back to David. And they, held, they compared themselves or people compared them uh, to, to King David. And so Jehoshaphat was a good king. He tried, to, he tried to walk with the Lord. He didn't worship any false gods. He, he, he tried to walk in God's commandments. But he made a bad choice. He made a bad choice. When the king of Israel, King Ahab, called Jehoshaphat and said, Hey, there, there's a people that have a, a land, Syria in fact, They've taken Ramoth and Gilead. It was a city. In fact, it was one of the cities of refuge that God had set up for people that had killed people to run to when they accidentally committed murder to get their lives spared. The Syrians had taken that city, and Ahab, who was, by the way, a wicked king, a king who served Baal, a king who had married a lady named Jezebel, and, and, and Jezebel turned Ahab, I mean, he was wicked to start with, but Jezebel just amplified his wickedness. And Ahab sent word to Jehoshaphat, the Syrians have taken Ramoth and Gilead, would you come up and help me and let's fight together and let's take it back. Well, God, God did not want Jehoshaphat to go, but he went anyway, and they lost the battle. They lost the battle. But something happened that when Jehoshaphat went to be with King Ahab, he took his son, who was named Jehoram, with him. And Jehoram, the king of Jehoshaphat, saw Athaliel, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. They 
fell in love, and they got married. And so here's the son of a good king, a king who's trying to serve God, that because his dad went to a place that he wasn't supposed to go, into a battle he wasn't supposed to fight, he met a girl who came from a wicked dad and a wicked mom, They fell in love and got married. So I want to say to every mom and dad that are here today, you're trying to be a good mom and dad. You just watch who you run with. You just watch who you let your kids hang around with. You keep an eye on their friends. You keep an eye on who they associate with. Because they may marry one of those people. You make sure they you keep them around people that believe in the same God that you do. That serve the same God that you do. Jezebel and Ahab did not serve the same God that Jehoshaphat served. They served a completely different God. They were trying to raise their son, Jehoram, to serve that God. Ahab and Jezebel made no attempt to have their daughter serve the God of Israel or the God of Judah. And these two young people got together because a good set of parents made a bad choice... And it affected that young man's life forever. So, a set of good parents that made a bad choice. Number two, I want you to see a wife that influences her husband. Jehoshaphat dies. Jehoram becomes king. He has six brothers. His father has selected Jehoram to be the king, and he's given gifts to all his brothers. But Jehoram, when he becomes king, because he is influenced by his wife, Athael, he decides to kill all his brothers. Let me read it to you from chapter 21 of Second Chronicles. Now, when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword. Jehoram was 30 and 2 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 8 years in Jerusalem. Listen to this. And he walked in the way of the king of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. So here was a young man raised by a godly father, a godly king, a king that tried to serve God, ends up marrying an ungodly woman, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, and that Athaliel influences her husband to walk not after the God of, of David, not after the God of Abraham, but after Baal. And he did wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he turned against the Lord. Now, again... A message to husbands and wives. You will influence your husband, ladies. And men, you will influence your wives. Make sure the influence that you are exerting on them is an influence for good. An influence for God. An influence toward the things of God. An influence toward the things that are pleasing to God. You might say, oh, no, preacher, you don't know my husband. I don't affect him at all. Hey, let me talk to you after we're done. You do too. Men, you may say, you don't know my wife. I don't influence her at all. She doesn't listen to me at all. Well, I got news for you. You influence her. And you will either help her do right or you will encourage her to do wrong. And God wants you to be the right kind of influence with your spouse. As a Christian, as a Christian, you need to influence them for good. 
So, we've seen a good parent make a bad choice. We've seen a wife influence her husband. Quickly, I want you to see a mother influence her son. Jehoram dies. Let, let me read from chapter 22, the first couple of verses. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, reigned 40 and two years it reigned. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Athaliah, the same lady that turned Jehoram away from God, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Same, same girl I'm talking about. He also walked in the house of, in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. So let me again say to every dad and mother, you will influence your child. You will either influence them to serve God or to walk away from God. You will either influence them to stay in the Bible or to walk away from the Bible. You will influence them to stay in church or walk away from church. You have an influence on your children, moms and dad. Make sure you use that influence for good. Point them to God. Make it a positive influence. And then number four, quickly, because this is still my introduction. I want to get to my message. <laughs> I want you to look at a grandma that wasn't a very good grandma. Verse, chapter 22, verse 10. So Ahaziah dies. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah, and Athaliah reigned over the land. Look, here's Jezebel Jr. She has turned her husband away from God. She has turned her son away from God. Now when her son has died, she wants to rule the land, so she kills all her grandchildren. Every single one of them, except for one. Grandma goes in, and from the oldest down to the youngest, and there was a little baby that escaped, but from the oldest down to the youngest, Grandma kills every one of her grandsons because she wants to sit on the throne, because she wants to rule the kingdom. And so again, as a wife, she turned her as a wife, she turned her husband away from God. As a mother, she turned a son away from God. As a grandmother, instead of being loving and sweet like grandmas are supposed to be, I, I love my grandmas. They were sweet. They were both of them good cooks. I love to spend time with them, and, and, and I love to eat at their table. I love for them to tell me Bible stories. I love them. They, I can't imagine a grandma killing her grandchildren. But that's what she did. She killed all her grandsons. And so we come now to the hero of this story. A lady by the name of Jehoshaphat. Daughter of Jehoram. Jehoram sister of Ahaziah. Married to the priest uh, Jehoda. Said... I'm not going to let Athaliah get away with this. And so when this wicked grandma goes to kill all her grandchildren, this lady runs into the palace. She goes to the royal nursery. She gets a little baby boy named Joash, the son of Ahaziah, her nephew. And she takes him and his nurse, hides them, sneaks them out, and then hides them in the house of God, in the temple, for six years. 
Now you go ahead, I'll just tell you the rest of the story. When Joash becomes seven years old, Jehoda the priest, the husband of this lady, makes him the king. They kill Athaliah. Joash was seven years old when he begins to reign, and he reigns four years, and the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of God. That's my introduction. Now I get to my message. Here was a lady that was bent on destroying children. Here was a lady that was bent on killing every child. Here was a lady that posed a danger to every one of her, her, her grandchildren. And yet here was a lady that stood up and said, I'm not going to let her get away with it. I may not be able to save all of them, but I can save one of them. And I'm going to save the one that I can. Now, I need all the junior church kids to come up and sit here on the platform. Just come on up and sit here on the platform. Come on. All of you. Even those that you just... All the kids. Just all the kids. Come on up here. Okay? Come on. Gavin, come on up here, bud. Would you? You can sit on the steps over there. Just make room. This is an illustrated message this morning. You guys are going to help me illustrate this message. We talked about... These, 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 these children in this story being in danger. I want to tell you this morning, every one of these kids are in danger. There's somebody that wants to destroy him. That somebody is Satan. Satan would like nothing better for every one of these kids to turn against God. Satan would like nothing better for every one of them to ignore the Bible, every one of them to never want to come to church, every one of them to disobey mom and dad, every one of them to, 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 to do what's wrong, and Satan will paint it. I mean, Satan will paint it for you. Say, hey, hey, it's fun to disobey mom and dad, and it's fun to do the, these things that everybody else is doing, and it's fun to just do whatever you want. But I want to tell you something this morning. Satan is a liar. Say it with me. Satan is a liar. Say it loud. Satan is a liar. One more time. Satan is a liar. He is a liar. He, he, he will lie to you. And I want to tell you something. He wants to destroy every one of your lives. He makes these big promises, but Satan never keeps a promise. He always promises more than he can deliver. And most of the time, most of the time, if not all the time, what he's telling you is a lie. And so I say to every mom and dad and every grandpa and grandma, every aunt and uncle, every adult that's here this morning, these kids are in danger because there is the power in this world that wants to destroy their lives. I want to tell you something else. Jesus loves every single one of them. Jesus loves every single one of these children. If Jameson was the only sinner among all of them, and he's not, but if he was, Jesus Christ would have still come and died for him. If Travis was the only sinner of the whole lot, Jesus Christ would have come and died for him. If Aaron was the only sinner of the whole lot, Jesus Christ would have come and died for him. Every single one of you, I want you to know this morning that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died in your place. He died for your sins. He paid the price that you owed. And every mom and dad, every mom and dad ought to remind their children every day that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves them. He went to the cross to die in their place. He went to the cross to pay the price of their sin.
And we need to remind them of that. That Jesus loves them. We sing that little song. And, and, and sometimes we think the simple songs don't convey a very important message. But sometimes the most important messages are conveyed in the most simplest songs. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world. Red and yellow. Black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Here's my third point. We need to do what we can to save them. We need to do what we can to save them from what Satan wants to do to their lives. We need to do what we can to save them from the destruction that he wants to bring upon them. We need to say like the lady in this story who knew that this wicked grandmother was out to destroy every single one of the king's sons. Every single one that stood between her and the throne. She was out to destroy him. And yet she said, she's not going to get this one. She's not going to get this one. I may not be able to save them all, but I can save one. Here's what I think we ought to say this morning. As dads on Father's Day, as mothers, as grandparents, as aunts, as uncles, as adults. Here's what, here's what we ought to say this morning. He's not going to get this one. I may not be able to save them all, but I'm going to save this one. Satan's not going to get this one. And Satan's not going to get this one. I'm going to do what I can to keep her in the Bible. And Satan's not going to get this one. I'm going to do what I can to get her, to hide her in the house of God and to teach her about God. And Satan's not going to get this one. Even though he may fight hard to get this one, he's going to have to come through me to get this one. He ain't going to get this one. And he's not going to get this one. You see, Satan would like to get these little ones when they're little. He'd like to have them for their whole life. And we need to say, no, not this one, not this one, nor this one either. He's not going to get this, this, this pretty little girl. He's not going to get this one. I'm going to teach her what's right. I'm going to teach her from the Bible. I'm going to try to keep her in church. And Satan's not going to get this one. I'm going to do my best to be the kind of example that I need to be to live out in front of her. I don't want Satan to get this one. And Satan's not going to get this one. Sit up, bud. Satan's not, Satan's not going to get this one. I'm going to live my life in such a way that he sees somebody living for God, living the truth. Satan's not going to get this one. Satan's not going to get a, a teenager that's facing critical choices in her life. And, and, and again, we need to pray. I mean, when, when I was a teenager and you were a teenager, it's a lot easier than it is now. These teenagers face more temptations today, more ways to sin than we faced. We need to hold them up in prayer and we need to be an example. We need to say, Satan's not going to get this one. This is one that Jesus died for. This is one that Jesus shed his blood for. Satan's not going to get this one. Satan's not going to get this one. I'm going to do what I can to stand in front of the darts that Satan hurls. I'm going to do what I can to be her protector to keep her from Satan's temptations. Satan's not going to get this one. I'm, again, mom, dad, grandpas, grandmas, aunts, uncles. I'm going to stand in the gap. 
I'm going to be the protection from Satan. I'm going to be the protection that they need. Satan's not going to get this one. I mean, he desires them all. He wants to destroy them all. But I'm going to try to do my best, again, to be the example as a mother, to be the example as a father, to be the example as a, as a Christian, so that she can look and say, hey, there's my mom, there's my dad walking after God. That's how I want to walk. Satan's not going to get this one. Satan's not. Look, we need to say, if he gets this one, he's going to have to come through me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan has no power over a spirit-filled Christian. Satan cannot get through us if we're walking the way God wants us to walk. And Satan's not going to get this one. Again, every single one of us ought to say, these, 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 these are my kids. I claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. I claim them as a mom. I claim them as a dad. I claim them as a grandparent. I claim them as a pastor. I claim them as a church. Satan, you're not getting them. You're not getting them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to hide them in the house of God. We're going to teach them the Bible. We're going to teach them right and wrong. We're going to be the kind of example that we need to be. And we're going to say to Satan, no, 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 no. You cannot have them. They belong to our God. They've been entrusted to us. And we're going to do our best to protect them. All right, thank you guys. You can go back and take your seats. Now look, if you'll join me in that quest... Here's one thing that every single person needs to to do. If you're here, and and by the way, let me tell you something. All these kids, I should have done this when they were still sitting here. If we were out in the parking lot and somebody came up and started beating physically on one of these kids, I'll tell you what, just about every single person, if not every single person in this room would do. We would run to that child we would put ourselves between that child and whoever was trying to beat him, and we would say, no, 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 no. You're not beating this kid in my sight. We, we have some guys here that I've given permission to carry their guns into church. Every person I've given their permission to carry guns to, I said, if somebody comes in and starts shooting, I want you to shoot them before they shoot me. But we have people, <laughs> yeah. And you can understand that after the events of this week. But we have people that have carry their guns to service. If they saw somebody beating a kid in the parking lot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to shoot that person dead. Because we will do what we, we will do. We will do what we need to do to protect our children. Listen, if you're here today and you're a parent and you're a grandparent, you're an aunt or an uncle, you have a responsibility to say, not this one. Satan, not this one. And the first thing that you need to do to be a line of defense for your children is to make sure that you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You see, if you try to fight Satan on your own without the Holy Spirit's help, without the help of God, you're going to fail. How can you be a parent without knowing God? How can you be a grandparent without knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior? You may be one, but you might. how much better you would be if you were a Christian. How much better you would be if you knew Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
So if you're here today on Father's Day 2015, if you don't know Christ, would you come and make him your Savior? The Bible says you're a sinner. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We're separated from God. We don't have his presence in our life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He died for every sin on Calvary's cross. He offers to every person because of that that death the gift of eternal life. It's yours for the taking. It's yours for the taking. All you have to do is come and get it. Come and get it. Would you do that this morning? I can't think of a better thing to do on Father's Day than to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. can't think of a better thing. If you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit's spoken to you about something else, something in your life that doesn't need to be there, that's a bad example for your children, bad example for your grandchildren, maybe the Holy Spirit's dealing with you this morning about getting it right. Why don't you get it right? Why don't you just ask God to help you get it right this morning? Let's do business with God this morning. If not for our own sakes, for the sakes of all these little ones that were setting up here a moment ago, Satan, you're not going to get them. No, no, no. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have examples of people that stood up for truth, that stood up for right, even in the face of overwhelming circumstances and danger to themselves. They stood up and they did what was right. And I pray that we'd be those kind of parents. We'd be those kind of grandparents. We'd be those kind of aunts and uncles and adults and Christians that we would stand. And we, were, we would protect the, the life and, and the being of every little child that God has placed under our care, under our influence. And so I pray, Father, you'd help us examine our lives this morning. Help us to be the right kind of example, the right kind of influence Help us to live our life in such a way that when they look at our life and they see us serving God, it, it's a, it, 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 it motivates them to want to do the same thing. And so I pray that you'll speak to every heart. Point out to those things in our lives that shouldn't be there. Point out those things that should be there. Father, help us to make some decisions this morning. Help us to realize that the very being of our children are at stake. The very souls of our children are at stake. We can make the difference between heaven and hell. We can make the difference in their lives between an eternity apart from you and together with you as we point them to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, please bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts. Help us to be obedient, Holy Spirit, to what you ask us to do. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.